Okay, mamas, ladies. After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop-down menu that follows, skims.com. All right, today we are interviewing Nick and Stephanie Bear. What a pleasure it was to have them here in the studio live and in person. We got to spend a lot of time with them and get to know them before this interview, which made it really fun. That's right. We talked about a lot of things. If you don't know Nick Bear, he uh, served in the Army, started YouTubing that whole process, and then has formed a supplement company on top of that. And he does all these crazy challenges. He's a freak athlete. And his wife, Stephanie, is no less impressive. She was a personal trainer, actually lived here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And together, I really respect how they approach life. We talk about what it means to be a high performer in all aspects of life, including your marriage. Like people talk about how to be uh, an elite business leader or elite athlete, but like what does it mean to have an elite marriage? And I love their take on it. And then we go in depth on babies and marriage and relationships and all of that because they have a two and a half month old little girl. So they're in the thick of it. Uh, this is an awesome conversation, one that we don't think you guys should miss. So with that... We bring you Nick and Stephanie Bear. We're excited to hear what you think of this one. Let's roll into it. I'm excited about this conversation, Stephanie and Nick, because talk about high-performance uh, athletes, talk about high-performance business owners. You guys meet all these criteria for like what people think about when they say high-performance. But I'm curious, what does that look like, and what does it mean to have a high-performance marriage or relationship? Because here, here's my thing. You hear about... People like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, like, man, trillions of dollars net worth. Dope. Awesome. Or Bezos is now, you know, jacked physically. But what he is, is it? He's huge. He he's is. a good really? he's, I missed that. He's, that. Yeah, he's wow. in good shape. Yeah. What? How did this happen? There's a bunch of memes where it's like 20 years ago he was a bald, like fat guy, <laughs> and now he's like in good shape. Easy. Anyway. What? Nothing. It's, he knows what I'm talking about. He has reverse engineered aging. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, he looks younger. I gotta look this up. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, didn't know that was a thing. But if you apply, like, the, what does it mean to apply the strategy, the thought, the you know that competitor's mindset to relationship and marriage? And I feel like you guys are the most equipped to answer that question. So that's why I'm excited for this conversation. But, oh my bad. 
Can I kick it off with? Uh, kick it off, honey. Okay. So, to preface that, um, I was telling Steph this, this story the other day, actually, on a podcast we were doing together. But I heard the story. It was years ago. I remember where I heard the story. It was an interview. I was driving on my way to work. It was on University Boulevard, probably a mile from our HQ. There's a McDonald's to the right of me. There's a Baylor Scott White Hospital to the left of me. Every detail. I can. I can. <laughs> there was construction. Like I can paint this picture. And it was this interview of this gentleman who spent decades building this business, and finally got to the day where he could sell his business. And he sold his business for a hundred million dollars. And they asked this guy, "Well, what are you going to do now that you said you spent or you sold your business for a hundred million dollars?" Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm going to travel the world with my family." And he went and told his family. I want to travel the world with you. And they mm. said, Dad, we don't even know you. We don't want to travel the world with you. So we had nothing. Dang. So when I think of high performance, high performer, um, I think it, it goes back to like this foundation of choosing your priorities, but then making sure your calendar is aligned with those priorities. So a conversation we've had a lot and I've had it with other people is someone might say their kids are their priority, their significant other is a priority in their life. God is a, a priority in their life. Look at the calendar. But then you look at their calendar and it's like, no, work for you is a priority. You spend majority of the time at work and no time with your family. So I think in order to be a high performer, it comes down to prioritizing what's important and then making sure your calendar is aligned with those priorities. Mm. And I think too for us, we use this word just in our marriage every day. Intention is like, something that we are always conscious of. Like everything we do, especially now being new parents, like everything has to have an intention behind it. How you spend your time, who you're spending your time with. I think that's like my buzzword for, we've been married for two years, but I think I just always try to keep that in the back of my mind. Like everything we do, make it meaningful. Mm. Um, And just, yeah, life gets busy, but as long as you can just keep those priorities straight and make sure your calendar matches your values, I think that's been good for us. That's been really centering for us i do love the i love the word intention is the last thing i'll hand it off to you then but uh a few it was probably two years ago i was walking through the office and my media director had this sticky note on his computer and it said lack of intentionality leads to a repetition of what is easiest Mm -hmm. and ever since i saw that sticky note i've kept thinking wow like intentionality intentions Mm -hmm. are that important because when you forget about them or or lack them you just go through the motions. I don't know why that like just hit my soul when it comes <laughs> to kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's so true because it's so easy now that we have toddlers. It's so easy for us to take the easy way out every night and be like, oh, just like go play with your toys. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But you can be very intentional with it. I'm curious though, in the past few years, you guys have gone through the roller coasters of milestones. Yeah. With your business, getting ready to take off, you're trying to sell. Um, with marriage, now with a baby. Mm-hmm that intention side of your relationship where you you want to keep things matching when it comes to priorities and calendar and and your like thought how have you kind of navigated that through some of the biggest milestones of your life ebbs and flows <laughs> i would say for sure i mean gosh i feel like what what year does everyone say is the hardest year of like i mean we've only been married for 2 years but we've been together for 5 I feel like everyone has like a different, like, oh, it's the three years, the seven year itch. But for us, I feel like the first year of marriage, a lot of people say is hard. Mm-hmm. It was really, really difficult for us. Yeah. Um, I think just with 
still kind of figuring each other out and balance, I guess, and figuring out work and what I need and what he needs. Why would you say the first year was the most difficult? I just, I feel like you're still getting to know each other Mm -hmm. in a new role, if that makes sense. Well, it's like one of those things where people always told me when you get married or you have kids, life changes. Mm -hmm. And then the response is always like, well, you're just, it's just a paper you're signing Mm -hmm. or just a ring you're putting on your finger. It is so different than when you actually. It is very different where and it comes down to uh, like selfishness. I said this to you guys earlier. Like when we had Charlie, one of the things, first things I realized was I couldn't be selfish with my time anymore. Same thing happened when we got married. Mm-hmm. I realized I can't be as selfish with my time anymore. There's someone I have to share my time with. And I'd say that was one of the hardest parts of being a high performer in life is you're used to go, go, go. And having to slow down a little bit and be more intentional and deliberate with checking with someone do. else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than just you know answering to your own thoughts and needs yeah i, I think, think that, that was probably one of the hardest parts yeah so let me ask you why did you want to have a kid you guys are both a very much go type personality right like you I, you probably had some vague idea that a kid would slow that down <laughs> you know for me it's always just i've always wanted to mm-hmm. be a mom um it's just been like one of my biggest bucket list items and i think we both come from relatively like smaller families Mm -hmm. and I have friends that have like huge large families and it just looks like so much fun and that's something that we see for ourselves and everyone's always like checking in after the first kid you still want a big family and we're like we think (laughs) we think so but I think it's just the biggest blessing in the world like you guys know Mm -hmm. like being able to raise and shape and mold a human is such a privilege and even just being a parent for two months like I can't wait to just build your own little tribe Mm-hmm. Like even just seeing what you guys have built with your family, like they're just little mini yous. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing, and um, yeah, it's everything. It is crazy. Like how everyone says, like the unconditional love that you feel when you see them. And you're like, this is fifty percent me, fifty percent Nick. Like it's like half of you and half of the person you love the most <laughs> in the world. Like it's wild. I think we were ready for that next chapter or season. I think we thought we were ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but. What we what we thought it was going to be three months ago is a lot different than what oh it is gosh, yeah. now. But with that being said, I think we were ready for the next chapter. But you know the song "Daughters" by or ben "Daughter" Rector. by Ben Rector, of course, yes. Oh. Talks about how it's Nick's anthem right he's now. He's like yeah. cried to it a million times. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I love that song, and I've been singing it to Charlie while she's in her bath at night. But it's so true because when you're younger and you're first getting started, and you're single. You're worried about your career getting bigger and larger and and making money and like you dream of what life looks like. And then you get married and you get ready to start a family and you have your kids. You're like, okay, my perspective on the meaning of life Mm -hmm. has changed literally overnight. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really relate to that song before Charlie was born, but now that she's born, I can 100% relate to that song. Always blaring in our house. Love that song. Oh, dude, Ben Rector puts out some jams. Oh, yeah. He sat in that chair. Not, yeah. Like like right I before. Did. I was, pr- And he said, the audio quality in here is great. And I what said, a compliment. That's the best compliment you ever And then Andrew proceeded to like harass him and say, 
can you sing something for us? <laughs> yeah, I did, can I you did. sing? I was like, I have Stop. a lot of embarrassing moments, but I don't ask, ask him if he'll do a duo with. With me with the uh, <laughs> 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 or a trio between all three. Yeah, of them. perfect. That'd yeah. Be, Would you yeah. think the the high pitch or the, or the low? End? I I always go high. I was just gonna say <laughs> you go high always. <laughs> <laughs> this is a total sidebar, but the song "Picture" by Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock. Yeah, I'm always taking the high on that. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, if, you, if you can't hit the note, go high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, when when we were having lunch earlier, we talked a lot about just like the struggles of a baby early on and how the whole world tries to prepare you for a baby with like you need swaddles and you need the snoo or whatever it is, but they never prepare you for the, the toll it takes on your relationship because you're introducing someone else into your marriage and they're permanent. They're there to kind of steal part of your heart forever. And I remember the first couple of months with Andrew and I, we were sleep deprived we were probably hadn't eaten anything sleeping on the couch or the floor had yeah. no no idea what we were doing and you very quickly learn the differences in your spouse when it comes to parenting and i think more at like the i have a vaguer question broadening out but the redirects within your marriage like when things slowly start to kind of get off path or you you find your priority is work or you find your priority is Charlie, instead of your spouse, how do you kind of have those conversations to bring it back into the right intention? Steph's always the good one, the right one to be aware and sit me down and tell me. Yeah. Uh, I've had to give him a couple pep talks since we've been parents. Because high performer, going back to that being a high performer, I think Nick had this expectation for himself what he's going to be as a dad. He's going to be, like, hands-on, always there. Yeah. Like, a stay-at-home dad, but we both knew, like, he couldn't do that, you know, running a business and doing all that he does. So I know that he had this standard in his head of what he wanted to be. And I told, I told him all the time, you, you are exactly the dad that I thought you were going to be. Like, it's incredible to watch. But I could tell the first few weeks he was really down on himself because, number one, like, guys, and yeah. I – I was so against this. I'm like, no, 50-50, like he's going to be helping out 50%. You just can't. Like there's certain things you just can't do. You don't have boobs, right? Like yeah. you just can't. You can't. Well, I do. They just don't work. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned too quickly that yeah. a lot does majority fall on the mom, yeah. especially in the first month. So I could tell he was feeling guilty and just he was really, you, you were stressed about work-life balance for sure. And I could tell he felt guilty when he went back to work. And I'm like, this is normal. Like, I'm here holding down the fort. This is what I've always wanted. And there was this one night, my mom was still um, staying with us, helping out. And I'm like, he went out by the pool to just, like, take a breather. And I could tell he was struggling. He was just, like, tired. And I think he just had a busy day at work. And he's just like, I got to see Charlie for, like, 10 minutes before she fell asleep. And I'm like, Mom, I'm going to go give Nick a pep talk really quick because he needs it. I think just realizing, like, when your partner needs a pep talk. Yeah. And when they kind of just need to be, like, reassured, like, you're doing a good job. Like, I suck too at this. You suck at this. We all suck at this right now. Like, we're learning as we go. Um, but just kind of, like, lifting your partner up in, like, the low moments, which we've had plenty of those in the past couple months. Forcing the conversation that needs to be had, even if it's not fun sometimes. If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there. But I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50 
washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment, and Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince, and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quince. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eastham for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. Hey, just wanted to take a step back and take a minute to thank our sponsors for today's podcast, Levels. Uh, when we started as Levels members, we thought we understood like our whole metabolic health pretty well. Andrew and I focus on nutrition a lot. But it turns out, like most people, we had no idea how some foods were affecting us until we got our hands on our body's own unique data. Yeah, I mean, I started with Levels uh, a couple months ago. I think it's coming up on a year, and it's changed so much for me. I found out that stuff and foods like pokey really spikes my levels, which I never knew before. I never knew that either. Pokey is my favorite, and it spikes my levels so much. I also found out grapes spike my levels so much, but... Pizza and wine do not. Honestly, don't like pokey that much, but it's okay. <laughs> and by levels, when we're talking about levels, we're talking about our glucose levels. And in all honesty, levels has been a game changer in understanding how our food affects our health. And how levels does this is they have you wear a continuous glucose monitor to show how specific foods are spiking your insulin or glucose levels. And they give you real-time feedback on your diet. It's pretty amazing. If you want to have a better understanding of how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor on yourself, go to levels.link forward slash eastfam to learn more they also have a really well researched in-depth blog that we recommend checking out if you're looking to learn more about topics like metabolic health longevity and nutrition we'll link it down below let's get back to it there's very few times where like i say i need some alone time i need to go walk this one off that was one of those moments and i went out and i sat by the pool and i, I was like i'm a failure because you know when you're, like, yeah. you're trying to handle or juggle all these things and then you realize I'm not doing any of these things at 100%, and you want to do all these things at 100%. It's so like I'm, I'm failing at everything. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And Steph saw it in me, and she came out and talked to me. And I feel like there was a really big shift in just the energy of like our parenting style in that moment. We're like, okay, like we're doing this together. We got this. Like there's going to be days like this. And yeah, it's just talking it out and like not I didn't want him to like stay down you know and Mm -hmm. like I fell down too and I'm like I need a pep talk right now but Mm -hmm. I'm the one right now that has to give it and then there's gonna probably be a moment tomorrow when you need to give me a pep talk and just kind of keeping each other up during the well someone asked us someone asked us the other day who wears the pants in a relationship (laughs) and we both I mean we were going over the questions was a QA on Instagram that we were going to record for podcast and as we were driving to dinner, we were doing a date night. We were just going over the questions, and she brought it up. She's like, who do you think wears pants in the relationship? We've never talked about this mm-hmm. in our marriage. We've never talked about it. Yeah. And I was like, we both do. 
we wear different pants, mm-hmm. you know, and you said one leg. We, we both have a, yeah. a leg in the pant, but I definitely have seen like this, this shift where before Charlie was born, I felt like I had to be like the leader of the family and I still feel that responsibility. Mm-hmm. However, now that Charlie's born, like Steph is like, I run the show. She <laughs> is a, a huge leader in the family and I know my role in that of, okay, how can I support I think a lot of it's like eliminating ego 100%. and role titles. And it's like, how can we support each other to do our best in where we're wearing the pants in that, that part of the relationship? <laughs> Dude, I think that's so true. That's so good. Like the, the ego is the thing where it's like, oh, you know, some people have this super tight grip on, I need to be the head on the fam- uh, head of the family and make all the decisions. But the result and the side effect of that is like, you're not doing anything well. You're super stressed out more than you need to be. And I think you're losing an aspect of marriage that I think is one of the coolest things where like that pep talk moment. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? One, that that's a that's an interaction that Nick and Stephanie have never had before. Like yeah. that's a new adventure, like a new way to get to know each other. And like you supported him in that, which obviously it's a tough moment. Like the yeah. the origin of that is tough, but you made it like a lifelong kind of like, Hey, we're planting our flag here yep. and like we're supporting each other. So I think that's the coolest freaking thing ever. Yeah. But I, uh, like I, I think the, the marriage and parenting, that whole sequence of the, the difficulty and in transitioning into those, like the, the first year for us was brutal. The first four months of our first kid, brutal. Yeah. I was listening to your podcast about um, how parenting changed you and the way you verbalize like that blur of the first mm-hmm. couple of months. I was like, yeah. dang, dude, that's, it's so real. And the yeah. tension, it's, there's so much frustration. And I think it's cause like there's this identity shift that happens where man, like here I am like a 20 something year old guy, I get married and now it's so frustrating cause I have this wife to run things through and decision like she's limiting my travel schedule or she's not letting me do that but oh, that's the wrong that's way to a, look at it though because <laughs> like i think in that episode you used to use the word red line where it's like you're you're high performer you're right on that like you're you're maxing out your time you're as efficient as you can be the cool thing is i think if you take it in stride and you're patient enough with the process one of the side effects of marriage and parenting is like your capacity grows. I think (laughs) beyond what you could ever have dreamed. Like we thought, we thought we were like pretty high functioning. We thought we were busy before kids, before kids or before parenting. And then you look back and you're like, I am so much more dialed in. I'm doing so much more and way better because one, your priorities set in. It's a, and I'm excited for you guys to experience it because I know you're in the frustrating phase, like two and a half months, Charlie is. Yep. It gets so much better. And I think you'll look back on this moment, this conversation and be like, man, like that, that was tough. But as with any challenge, like you freaking push through it, you learn and you, you come out better on the other side. But it, I'm trying to think of the analogy of. Uh, no, no analogy. Oh, Sean loves my he, analogies. His analogies are terrible. I'll do it. I'll sing it too. Just Perfect. To, oh my God. Perfect. But, I, but no, hold on. Let me finish my <laughs> analogy. <laughs> <laughs> let me but let's you, just. No. Okay. You know, like when you're, you're lifting weights, right? Uh-huh. And say you're doing like heavy squats, set of 10. Yeah. Yeah. You're on, you're on set or you're on rep five. The way 
to make it through that set is not like if you're just focusing on how bad it hurts, you're not gonna you're not gonna excel. But if you have the bigger goal in mind, like hey, this I'm setting a PR or like hey, this is helping me train for whatever event, like zooming out and viewing the bigger picture, I think is is so helpful and applying that to the marriage and and parenting like that. That was Son, a beautiful no, analogy, Andrew. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do a compilation of all of his analogies. I saw where you were going with it. I, I know, but then... We just had to, like, okay. we just had to <laughs> no, wrap it up there. Uh, so what, I'll just end it there. Well, with that being said, to like, piggyback off that, I think that's what's been hard for me in terms of being a new parent is, like, I've done, like, these race preps, for example, mm-hmm. or these training preps, and they're pretty formulaic where you can control a lot of it. I need to do this workout at this time at this pace to achieve this end result. But like what I've learned with Charlie so far is there's so much I can't control. (laughs) And for me, that's frustrating because like I see point A to point B, which might be like zero to one year, then one year to two years. And I can't just like lay out this, this plan and program to get her to this certain point. I just need to like facilitate Mm -hmm. the process. You're not a go with the flow type of person. And I feel like motherhood has made me that, especially yes. right now, because they kind of run the show. And yeah, I think that's been a, a tricky part for us both. Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, Interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water. Throughout the day, what about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today. Using promo code EastFam at liquidiv.com. There were yes. there were a lot of massive learning curves for us early on because before, when we got pregnant, we did that. Like we both are come from athletic backgrounds where let's lay out the plan. Here is the training schedule for the next year. And we're like, this is what the birth plan is, this is how we're gonna raise them, this is the sleep scheduling, this is all of these things. Then you have a kid and you figure out they're a human and they have their own little minds and preferences and it's not up to you anymore. It's truly, you have to kind of go with the flow. And I think combining that with, similar to when you were saying when you guys got married, you're getting used to each other. There are still new things you're figuring out. After you have a baby, the identity changes in everybody. I became a completely different human being. I was very opinionated. I went from being more laid back to being very opinionated and maybe to his chagrin but it there's just like a lot of push and pull and it makes the tension within your marriage and your business and stuff it makes that hard Mm -hmm. 
And it makes for hard conversations because you don't even know how to navigate it. You don't know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. What's kind of like your your pressure point situation right now that you're in? What What's causing tension? Yeah. I would say for me. Not to dig up bones or anything. It's probably balancing work like business, mm-hmm. you know, leading a, a growing business that requires a lot of time and energy. I'd say equally time and energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then trying to show up for this very active and supportive father and husband. Because, and the reason I say energy is because even if I show up at 5 p.m. and I'm there the rest of the night with the family, if I'm dead tired, I don't have the energy to to show up for the family. So right now, like, my biggest tension is trying to build systems and infrastructure in the business that allows me to spend more time with family. But like having Charlie has forced me to take those steps, Mm -hmm. which has been great. But now it's in the weeds of establishing those steps. So there's like this certain father and husband I want to be. And there's a certain business leader I also want to be. I'm trying to figure out how to mesh those two blocks. Mm -hmm. I'm in the process, and I'm going to figure it out. But right now, I don't have it figured out. And I think, too, you, we, we always say, like, we say you're patient in, the, what do we say? You're patient in, like, the long game of things, like building a business or going to ranger school. Like, you're patient with that kind of stuff. But in the day-to-day, like, with this, it's like, well, when is she going to be able to, like, nap at a consistent time? And when can we do all this? And I'm like, you can't really, you have to have, like, a lot of patience with the yeah. newborn. And um, I feel like that's really exercised your patience muscle. <laughs> Charlie has, absolutely. And I feel like that's really, we've seen a lot of growth in our marriage with that. Even like, <laughs> I feel like before Charlie, you would get really mad at me when I'm like five, 10 minutes late. And now you just kind of, you're quiet about it. Because <laughs> he sees like all the work it is <laughs> to get out the door. Not you do. I know you still hate when I'm late, but. I mean, I just, I, Tell our different time of when we're supposed to be. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby time. Back it up like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the pressure point, like for me especially, especially with him and how demanding his career is, mm-hmm. running a business, and he has to show up every single day, and show up at home at night too. Like it never really turns off. Um, before Charlie, like I was able to like kind of control my day and also work and just kind of like do what we want when we want. And now I feel like for me. I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about being a mom and working. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to give myself the space to figure it out. Like maybe being a mom is all I've ever wanted and that will be fulfilling for me and I won't need to go back to work. Um, And for me, that's just, I I love to connect with women and have a women's lifestyle blog. So for me, it can kind of grow with me, which is really great. But I'm like, I don't know how it's going to look after. And it's been a really big struggle for me trying to figure out, do I need to just be a mom right now? Because I have this like itch already, you know, two months postpartum, I want to work, I want to work. But I know that that's not the priority right now. Mm -hmm. So I tell ourselves all the time, like, we just need to be where our feet are. Like, sometimes when like Charlie's napping, I'm like, I should be working right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's other things I need to be doing that will make me a better mother and wife right now. And that's the season we're in. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. So I think it's just like fighting the urge to be a high performer in different areas of life. And someone said something, um, because in that podcast we recorded, I was kind of like, 
being down about, I feel like I'm not accomplishing a lot right now. And someone's like, you're accomplishing the most amazing thing right now. Like you're raising a human. That's the biggest accomplishment of all. And that totally shifted my mindset. I'm like, you're right. Like I am actually doing something amazing right now. It's just a little different than like my work mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. Something Steph's really good at right now that I need to work on is being present, being where your feet are. Because I'm always thinking of the next thing, even in terms of a day. Hey, when am I going to work out? When am I going to eat this meal? When am, when am I going to answer this email? When am I going to work on this project? So I, I get angry at myself when I'm where I'm supposed to be, but my mind is elsewhere. And like me and Steph are having a conversation and I'm thinking about like, I'm trying to solve a business problem in my head while she's asking me a question. And I know I'm not listening to anything she's saying. <laughs> I feel very bad. She's really good at, at being present. She's gotten a whole lot better since Charlie's been born. That's still an area that I'm trying to improve. Thank you. Nice to hear. What I, <laughs> yeah. Hearing you say that makes me reflect on what I did poorly the first couple months of our first kid where it was uh, like, dude, like a four-month-old's not doing anything. So I, would, I loved holding him, her. Uh, and her like, and him and, <laughs> and like cuddling with him but I was so easily like do that and then also be responding to emails totally and I think that's translated into now Drew is like playing like we're, we're doing toys and stuff it's yeah. awesome like this is what I've waited for my whole life right yeah and I'm still I've I've been in the habit of like I'm there with her like but I'm I'm like checking my phone and I'm thinking about that mm-hmm. so like I guess don't I mean be aware of the habits you're forming and also like realize that you probably don't need to be, I don't know, spending all day with the baby. But when you do make sure that you're forming good habits in that, like, all right, 20 minutes, just me and the baby, like no phone. It's it's funny you say that because something that I've had to like say, which I, I'm like, you know, like when you don't want to critique the mm-hmm. husband or, or the new dad because you mm-hmm. don't want them to, you know, get offended and like just let them do you know let about them that? learn. <laughs> do you know about not critiquing your husband? I do. <laughs> it's a hard balance because you want them to learn. Yeah. But it's like, I know exactly how to do that. And I yeah. can tell you how to do that. Well, we've been parenting the same amount of time as they have. Like they don't have. Uh, no, no, no. Mom's no, dude, it. It's, Mom's we've been doing it the same amount of time. The simplest thing is like how he holds her, right? So like yeah. he's a big muscly guy, right? He's pretty like rock solid and just the way he holds her i'm like you look tense and i can just tell that she's i don't scream- know what that means she's screaming because you like i can just tell you're not comfortable like how you couldn't yeah. get comfortable on those pillows earlier like that's like how <laughs> yeah. and but that's like saying change your body <laughs> <laughs> i'm built this way oh my gosh but it's it's hard because i'm just like do i tell him how to do it and fix it right uh-huh. now but you have said that you don't mind when i try to chime in a little I, bit i don't mind the critiques but I know that, like, I will take it with a grain of salt because there's certain things I can't change. Yeah. Well, it's... Hey, you do look a little tense, so just calm down. This is my body. I, I will say, though, that, like, right there is, like, the perfect example of why parenting gets to be so complicated. Because before you have a kid, there's some issue arises and at some point you're like, I just don't care that much. So I'm going to cave, whatever. But when you throw a kid into it, you both care that much. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like a battle you can't win. Anybody. Yep. Because you're both so passionate about it that it's really it's really hard to find common ground. Because you either have to cave to something you don't believe in mm-hmm. or so feel like you're jeopardizing being a good parent. And yep. it becomes 
harder conversations to get through. And that's what we've been trying to navigate through. And it's like a, it's a million different topics. It's like screen time, it's diet, it's medicine, it's uh, sleep schedule. It's all like all of these things. You each come like I'm the middle of five kids. My parents raised me with no schedule. It was super laid back. And I came from. Sean is a freaking, she's been a yep. pro gymnast since she was three. Freaking <laughs> <No>. regimented routine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Different. So it's like, yeah, there's so much friction there where it's, and that's where. I've learned like, Hey, Sean really trusts me and like all these different areas of life. And I am going to, I call it taking it in the face. Sometimes like, literally it's like, bro, you just got to stand there and freaking, yes, man. Freaking, yeah, all right. Freaking this hurts so bad. <laughs> like what? Dude, what do you freaking mean? <laughs> we don't need to go there. Things, we don't need to go there. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Face. But it's like uh, you do that too, Nick. Sometimes I can like, tell he's like, I'm just gonna let her talk. I'm gonna yeah. let her get it all out right now, uh, and then I'm just gonna not even smile. Well, that's, I think it was like two days ago. I was walking. <laughs> I was walking into the shower, and I was getting critiqued by something I was doing. Yes, and I just didn't respond. I was like, I'm, I'm taking it in the face. <laughs> and she's like, did you did you hear me? Or sometimes I go, hello, are you there? <laughs> like, we'll be in the same room, and I'm like, hello? I was just like, like received. Yes. <laughs> oh, I hate that. When, like, the military comes out, he's like, received. I'm like, oh, heck no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> received. I'm like, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Nope. Received. We always say, I like, I just need know. verbal acknowledgement that, yeah. like, you even heard. Yep. And I'll be like, do you have any like verbal acknowledgement <laughs> for me? And he's like, yeah. I heard you. Got it. I heard you. Yeah. We're going to use taking it in the face now for oh. sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I know when, uh, when she starts eating actual food. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, like diet is something I want to be pretty strict and on top of. So I've brought up some things in passing. And Steph's like, well, they got to be at kids. Like, no, like, grass fed <laughs> ground beef all day. <laughs> all day. Like, I was, Put them on the carnivore diet. I was prepping uh, my meals for the week the other day. I was like, it was ground beef. I was like wasping the smell of the beef into Charlie's face. He's going to be vegetarian, probably because uh, of you. I will say, I don't want to scar you, but like, we were very similar. Our daughter refuses to eat meat he doesn't realize that, refuses like, exactly. oh, I'm, I'm okay with not eating meat but it's just uh, like she, the we do protein powder good quality yeah. nutrition yeah. yeah yeah it it's hard i i mean i've been very open with this like on podcasts and stuff but i have come from like severe eating disorders i studied nutrition did psychology courses everything so having a little girl freaked me out and mm -hmm. i was very obsessed with nutrition yeah and you get to a point you're like eat the freaking macaroni like you're not gonna eat anything else yeah. so yeah we were just talking about having a little girl and navigating yeah. food remember mm -hmm. we were just talking about this because someone yeah. said something about like not calling them bad foods yeah and i was like i never thought about it like that like that's a bad food like don't eat that that's bad mm -hmm. and what that kind of like creates in their mind and I was telling, like, I'm like, okay, I would love to reframe this as, like, this food isn't going to make you feel really good, but this food's going to make you feel really good. That's something that I can't even imagine navigating. Yeah. But, like, 
I can see how it's probably a lot easier said than done. Now that our little girl's like two, three and understands like feelings, that's exactly what we do. So okay. we're like, you can eat this, but it will hurt your belly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, or you can eat this and it'll make you feel strong or yep. whatever. Oh, but I love that. Yeah. It's all by like feeling. And I'll give her, we'll give her the option. You can eat as many gummies as you want, but. You're not going to feel And good. she's actually had experiences now where like she'll get belly aches. And oh, so, so she, yeah. you can reference it and yep. it, it's worked. Okay. See. Yeah. When I was, I was in middle school, I had an eating disorder too. Yeah. So I, I know the cues. So I am very aware and conscious of when yeah. she's growing up. Like if it's happening, I know I'll be able to, oh, yeah. I'll know it. Oh yeah. But I am very aware of like how things are perceived and said and taught. So I'm very careful. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. be very careful when that time comes. Which is great. Cause a lot of people don't have that awareness with kids and it's like, yeah. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. And today's episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility. Anyone that knows Sean knows that she's a big planner. Babe, trust me, it's for the best. I am not like this, but I respect it about you. I think that's why I love Modern Fertility so much. It helped us plan for the future. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, which is like the best part, with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka like how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. And traditional testing can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at a fraction of the price. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com eastfam30. This is a limited time offer for $30 off. That means your test will cost $169 instead of hundreds or even thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash eastfam30. Modernfertility.com slash eastfam30. We'll also link it down below. Let's get back to it. I didn't know you had an eating disorder. 14 years old. Dang. Yep. How'd you get out of it? Or did you? I'll give a... synopsis of it i think it's great because you don't hear a lot of guys talk about it it's so i don't i don't i really don't know what triggered it or caused it Mm -hmm. to this day i just one day wanted to start controlling my weight and what i was eating Mm -hmm. so it 
it started where I was just pulling some calories back. I was exercising more. And then it got more out of control and more out of control where, you know, I remember going to, to school in middle school at the time and my lunch was a bottle of water and just like the meat from the turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. I throw the bread away, I throw the cheese away, everything else. And then I was in and out of hospitals because my parents were trying to figure out what was happening to me. I was losing weight, had no energy, couldn't get out of bed. I knew the whole time I was starving myself. Mm-hmm. And then after being in and out of hospitals for a year, one day my mom pulls me into this outpatient clinic rather than the typical Hershey Medical Center, and it said eating disorder clinic. I was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Caught. So they march me up the stairs. They confront me. I break down and cry. I remember coming home that same day. Mm-hmm. I went in the pantry of my parents' kitchen, and I opened up the cabinets, and I see these Pop-Tarts in there because I was telling myself, mm-hmm. I have to start eating or I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. My body was shutting down. And I remember there was this box of Pop-Tarts. I took Pop-Tarts out, and I flipped around to read the nutrition, it said 400 calories in two Pop-Tarts. I was like, this is more calories than I've been consuming in a day for mm-hmm. months. And I forced myself to eat that. And then over months and months and months, I slowly started to to build healthier relationships with food. Now, there's been periods and times where it's back to dark, dark mm-hmm. places and then better. Now I have a very healthy relationship with food. But I will always look at food differently, mm-hmm. in my honest opinion. Uh, I will look at food in terms of the way it affects and changes body composition, how I feel. Um, I find that when I track nutrition or macronutrients, it triggers certain feelings and effects. Or if I'm trying to lose weight, like when I was trying to lose weight for this last marathon prep to get down to a certain weight to run faster, triggered mm-hmm. small tendencies but it hasn't been out of control like it was back when I was 14. But now when I see people do certain things mm-hmm. or touch their body in certain ways or choose certain foods or move food around their plate, I'm like, this person might have a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, last 16 okay. years of my life. So you don't, you're, you don't consider yourself like over it, past it, like above it? I consider myself past it. But with like, a, there's like a caveat to it where I know there's certain things I could do that would trigger it again. Yeah. Not full blown ever again. I don't think in my honest opinion, but it's hard to describe. It's just like, it's something that's in my back pocket that I could always pull out if I wanted to. Dang. It's actually been a really interesting dynamic between our relationship because he's never had like any, um, understanding or experience with that lifestyle and so trying to like get someone to understand that level of lack of control or fear of control or too much control is really interesting and and difficult because I remember one time we were just having genuine conversation I was trying to explain things and he's like but can't you just choose to eat or to do it and and I I told him it's just hard. There's there's something that happens where you have this voice that literally is holds you rant, like holds you hostage, and there's nothing you can do to get out of it. It scares the heck out of me having a, a daughter because like I I've heard stories of mentors who, who like dude 
so they've I look up to them in like every aspect of life and they have daughters who are my age who have like they might die from eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I'm like what the heck as a as a father as a parent what can I do to prevent this situation and it's it's almost like I don't know. I I feel like it's so easy to mess your kid's life up. <laughs> and it's really more of a challenge like okay, how can I just how can I keep them from going underwater, but like really enjoy like whatever they turn into, whatever qualities they have, like just celebrate those. It's so hard because if you're only hyping up with all the things, like that's not healthy either. But like, man, freaking, I don't know how to do it well. <laughs> it's like a little like version of yourself too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you will see we're not at the point yet obviously she's two months old but I'm sure with Drew you guys are at the point where you can be like she learned that from me like that's something that I do yeah and that's like a scary thought because it's like at what point do we have to be conscious of that you know it's yeah it's crazy they're just little sponges I have this concept for this podcast series in the future when Charlie's old enough to be able to listen and like grasp what I'm talking about and every week there's an episode and it's me and Charlie sitting by a campfire. And there's a lesson that I want to get across that I've learned in life. But there's a story associated with that lesson. So it's like campfire with Nick and Nick and Charlie. And I'm just telling her this story. But there's this lesson in the story that I want her to to pull from. It's like a good children's book. There's always yeah. a good lesson. That's awesome. Love it. When can we when is that launching? For, for those <laughs> listening. You heard it here. I mean, she's two, about yeah. two and a half months. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. If she's, a, if she's a fast learner, maybe <laughs> Stop next <it>. month. <laughs> I don't even know what you're uh, going to be having her do. Like, as soon as she, you know, gets, like, control of her neck, like, he's going to be, like, time for push-ups. Yeah, we only have Jet. He's who's 14 months. He's doing five sets of 20 a day. Push-ups. <laughs> okay. Game on. Impressive. No, okay. okay. <laughs> you know the... You know, remember the Titans yeah, movie? Yeah. You know the daughter of the assistant coach, remember yes. the Titans? Yes. For some reason, I think that's what Charlie's going to be like. <laughs> Sassy. I'm not going to try to. Like, I tell him she's going to be whoever she wants yeah. to be. 100%. Yeah. But I have this feeling <laughs> that's what she's going to be like. Well, I'm excited to, to meet her. We haven't gotten to meet her yet, but that'd be great. She's, she doesn't say much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of quiet. Uh, Sometimes. I'd say like, Age two is when you got to start. I, I'm sure. It, I'm sure there's like impressions that you make, but Drew, when Drew turned two and she started talking, like I'm now sure there's like developmentally, like developmental statistics that would tell you when yeah. the impression. I Don't think it's it already started. Yeah. Anyway, she, I have I have her saying "sup, dude." Anytime oh. she meets someone and she's like, she's doing this with her tongue out. I'm like, this is my freaking girl, dude. Let's go. Well, I'm so. I'm I'm still learning everything. Like the other day, someone was like, "How far can she see?" I said. Probably across this room. <laughs> and so I was like, no, like six inches in front of your face. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, at our uh, two-month appointment, the doctor's like, she still can't see very well. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Gosh. Learning curve. You were right. Oh. There's so much stuff. Especially with the fir- your first kid, though. We didn't know any. Neither of us had ever changed a diaper. And we didn't change a diaper in the hospital. Okay. Because, like, the nurses would come to check on yep. Drew. Yep. So, yeah. like, they would change. And we got home and we are like, who's going to do this? <laughs> Is it you or is it me? <laughs> I, don't I didn't change one diaper in the hospital. That you you did. I will give that to you. Wow. I was the king of the swaddle Let's in the hospital. Nice swaddle king. Yeah, yeah I swaddle legit king. can't. I don't know how to do it. It scares me. I feel like I'm gonna do it too tight. Or I was always loose. afraid I'd like 
Tired too tight. Yep, but <laughs> yeah. you got it down. I remember when we were leaving the hospital, the nurse was like, go get your car seat. And it, it, oh, yeah. You know, it's like this long yeah. waiting game to leave. Yes. yes. But then oh. when they decide you can go, they're like, get out. Right yes. <laughs> they're like, here's your wheelchair. You are, you're done here. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So they're like, go get the uh, car seat and get ready to go. So I pull the the truck up. I have the truck running. I run upstairs and start getting all this stuff. I bring the car seat up. And they're like, hey, you got to be out like now. So I forgot to learn how to put her in the car seat. Uh-huh. So I, I, I have this YouTube video playing on like silent next to the car seat, like, <laughs> no. trying to watch it as she's rushing me out. <laughs> and the then she's like, I can help you. And then she finally yeah. saw I was watching YouTube videos. So she came and helped me. Wow. I, I'll say to any new parents. The nurses are supposed to be qualified enough to actually like teach you there. So, yeah. But it, to a certain extent, you feel so nervous. You're like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to put. Oh, my I baby know it's in like you're judging seat. me. <laughs> yeah. We practice, I promise, but now I'm scared. Yeah, I felt completely yep. judged. What was the drive home like? <laughs> oh gosh, we we stayed a little bit longer than we thought. I had some blood pressure issues, yeah. so we were like locked in. A, I seriously felt like we were just like held hostage for what was it, four nights? It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. And I'll start having like resentment towards the doctors and the nurses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was rough. I'm like, we need to get out of here. I remember like my eyes hurt when I got out. I'm like, oh my gosh, it just because yeah. you literally like come in one person yeah. and then you leave a totally different person. So true. Yeah. It's crazy. It is Life is absolutely like, wild. And then you, yeah. you're just like, I remember getting home into our house being like, our house feels different. Like this mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the same house. Mm-hmm. It's like you're spending time in different rooms. It's it's just like a very different time. It did. It just. It's hard to describe, but you just feel like lights look different. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's yeah. Roads looked different. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm curious. Okay, so you you've built this business and I think you've you've uh mentioned this in a previous podcast, but like that takes a certain amount of um awareness and effort in creating the culture. What do you guys describe as Nick and Stephanie's family culture? Like as you're building this unit, this uh, little clan, I think you called it. Tribe. 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 There it is. Uh, what is the the Bear family culture? It's definitely built off of values and a foundation. And, I mean, if you have a culture in, in a business or an organization, like a team, sports team, or military, it's always built off this foundation of values and if those values are are set in stone and they're actually followed and implemented you then can build off of that um so i'd say some of those are being kind humble driven serving um, others serving others it's like one of my goals with our kids depending on how big our family gets but like instill those values I don't want, like, one of the things my parents did with me growing up is they never taught me how to, like, live this life and and be this person. But I had a pretty dynamic, unique dynamic in in families where, like, one side of my family were hardworking dairy farmers in central Pennsylvania, and the other side were, were military. My uncle, grandfather, cousins were military. So they never had to tell me how to live like a, a strong, successful, purposeful life, but they showed me. So I think we talk a lot about the values we're going to instill by showing, not necessarily telling our kids how to live. 
think it's like a feeling too. I think we've all had friends growing up, you know, when there's like a friend's house and you just love going to their house mm-hmm. and you don't really know why you can't pinpoint it, but like you walk in and you're like, this just feels homey. And I love mm-hmm. going to this friend's house. Like for me, like I know growing up, like my house was always like the house where sleepovers were at and like people came to us, I think because my family was just so open and fun and, and loving. And I think that's what I really want for us. Just an open, uh, fun, warm, loving environment that also like we don't take ourselves too seriously too. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, just always allowing like just joy to be in every single moment. I think that's like huge. It's just joy having a walk into the house and you feel warmth. Um, that's like something huge that I want for our family. I want our kids to actually want to hang out with us, not have to force them to hang out with us, but yeah. even when they're in high school and college and after college, I hope Charlie calls me up. It's like, Dad, can we hang out this weekend? Absolutely. I think you get you get there by being an intentional parent, which mm-hmm. is a lot easier said than done. I'm already yeah. learning, um, but it takes a lot of effort. So, I'm just thinking out loud because we uh, when we got the most recent dog, the German Shepherd, I think you might have seen him. Uh, picked him up and like came with instructions more or less with like, Hey, keep him in the kennel. Like he's, he responds well to X, Y, Z. And some of it, like, you know, he put him with the collar when you're walking, like whatever. And it made me think, or as I've been parenting, it's like making correlations, you know, as poor as it may seem to the dog training process where I think if the goal is to have the post collar, like let's say after 18 years with your kids which is going to be the majority of your life like that's probably going to be longer than 18 years right hopefully uh then to make that as fun and fruitful as possible like the first 18 has to be pretty disciplined like like it is with dogs like the the young formative years am i i like this analogy this is i'm 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 following this this is good because i got a a dog story that i want to tell after this (laughs) i hope it's not gonna just directly slap this analogy in the face but like yeah, because my temptation is with Drew. It's like you just kind of want to be nice to her, but I have to constantly force myself to like. No, I need to make sure I know she knows where her boundaries is, like are. I need to make sure I'm instilling these values and like. That doesn't mean you're not, not nice. Well, <laughs> no, but like my role is not to be her friend. I don't like it's not to be. I don't know. I don't know the best. I am her friend. Like I want to be nice to her, but I, I also make sure it is my role <laughs> to, to parent her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm her guide. I'm not her friend right now. Right. Yeah. And hopefully that turns into us being friends. If I, I love that, that guide. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's your husband right there. What's the dog story? Okay. So I was interviewing uh, someone on, on my podcast a few months ago. And he, he got a, a German Shepherd <laughs> dog. And he bought this dog. And it essentially came with instructions. Yeah. And it was very well trained. And the person who trained this dog said, when you bring this this dog into your family, you need to give this animal purpose. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what happens if I don't give it purpose? He said, it's going to dig holes all over your yard. It's going to destroy your yard. That will, be, that will make it its purpose. He said, mm-hmm. well, why would it do that? He said, if, if you don't give this animal a purpose, he's going to find its own purpose mm-hmm. and direction. And it makes me think of, of raising children where I see our role as like we need to instill these values 
to help our children find purpose in life mm-hmm. or they're going to find their own purpose, which could lead to destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was a good analogy. What this freaking same analogy, bro? It's the same one. It's executed well. You gotta start with an intro, the meat and potatoes, and then you wrap it up. I got her breathing down my back, dude. I can't. I can't deal with the pressure. Too much criticism. But (laughs) to the to the point of the earlier conversation, where you know, like you're you feeling frustrated that you're not around Charlie as much as you feel like you should, or you feeling like you you need to be working. It's like. There's a story in the Bible about Nehemiah who's building this wall and some he's always like getting asked to do this or that and like people are trying to pull him away from the actual task at hand and his response is I'm doing a good work and I cannot come down like I will not be distracted I am doing something purposeful and like that's been I think obviously it's super helpful to have check and balance like so if you're working 20 hours a day for 7 days it's probably not help that's that's not healthy but she's going to balance you out but like when you're at work realizing that that's a good work and you doing that with purpose teaches your kid something invaluable and like you doing the the family life right now with like so much excellence and with so much purpose is something that's like you won't get this time back like this first three months you don't get back so like don't try to rush to the next phase like you're doing a good work, you know, don't be distracted by it. It's like, I love them. it's super hard. Like we, we're always having to remind each other of that, but I think it's important that you're setting an example, you're setting an example and just like, there's always going to be tension, but you're doing a good work. So. If you were to give one piece of advice to listeners based off of like the phase of life you're in, what would you say? I would say, we've talked about this too, and this might seem like, I don't know, something you wouldn't come out of a new parent's mouth, but to still make your spouse be, like, your number one and prioritize them. Because we've had, like, you know, days or weeks where I feel like I've had zero connection with him at all. And then I'm like, that's why I'm being cranky and, you know, short-fused with her or I'm being down on myself. It's like he is, like, like your marriage and your spouse, it's like the bones and the core of the, like the home. And um, I've just realized that she is obviously like our world, but it's got to be good here. Mm-hmm. And we're still trying to figure that out. And even if it's like putting her down, like we've learned like the, the glory moments of putting her down like 30 minutes <coughs> before you go to bed so you can just like sit by each other and just like reconnect. I know that's probably what everyone would say, but it's just, I think prioritizing each other is just, it really is so important because if you're not good, then like everything else is going to crumble around you. I've learned completely because it impacts every facet of your life. I would say I made this post uh, a few weeks ago and it resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, when we were getting ready to have Charlie, we had an abundance of responses of unsolicited advice. And most of it started with just, just wait. wait. Yeah. Just wait until you realize you can't work out anymore. Just wait until you realize you can't eat healthy anymore. Just wait until you realize you're not going to build your business anymore. And my response was, well, if it matters to you, you will make time. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that I've said, but also implemented where it's 
if Charlie wakes up and she decides she wants to feed at 3.30 a.m. Sorry, it just sounded like you were feeding like a deer or something. Stephanie's <laughs> <laughs> mad when I use the terms feed or milk. Yeah, he's like, she needs to be milked. I'm like, that, no, please don't <laughs> say that. But if she's hungry Anywho. at 3.30 a.m. and she's awake, I'm awake. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work out now and knock it out because I have the time and it's going to allow me some free time in the afternoon. Now, am I more tired that day? Absolutely. But there's things in my life that matter. My relationship with Steph, Charlie, my business, my health, my fitness. I'm going to make time for those things because they matter to me. So that's where it's one of my non-negotiables that that matters. I'll make time. Yeah, I think we learned too. It's easy to get like really caught up in society norms and what people say you can and can't do as new parents. I think we've learned you write your own rule book. Mm-hmm. Like we can find the time to work out. Like we've done it. We really haven't missed a beat and we've been taking care of ourselves. And everyone just says like you go on the back burner and it is true. Like, of course you have days where you just are giving your all and you feel empty, but you write your own rule book. I think mm-hmm. like you have you can control what we say, control the controllables. And if you can do that in this season, I think you'll be good. Dude, you know what? I just realized that three thirty AM the first year after having drew, I was waking up at three thirty Every morning, I would not go to back to bed. So I'd have like three, four hours in the morning before she would go back to sleep and wake up again. And uh, you're, dude, you're, um, I think it's called the focus. In focus. In focus. Yeah. Bro, I would crush that. And then, because I was obviously tired for the first couple of days doing that. And then I would just like crush that and be like, good for the day. Man. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, dude. It's good a, stuff. It's a key it comes in handy right now for sure. <laughs> it is. <yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, look. There's caffeine in there, I think. There it is, yeah. 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 Caffeine, nootropics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, caffeine consumption has definitely increased. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. When Charlie was born. Uh, sure. Have you guys found a babysitter? No. it's it, Yeah, that's that's probably another, like, pressure point for us right yeah. now is we still have family in state, yeah. so we're trying to find, like, the right fit. But also, too, like, I've had moments where I get super frustrated. I'm like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. But I'm like, this is the story the Lord wrote for us. Like I'm supposed to be her mom full time right now. The right person will come in our life at the right time. So we almost had someone and then it backed out. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Like not the right person. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to convince help would help help would help right now. Trying to convince Steph's mom and dad to move down to (laughs) Texas right now. No luck yet. (laughs) Uh, Steph's mom like is super willing to travel with us. Like, you know, we're in Tennessee right now. She flew in from Michigan to Tennessee yeah, to help us. Help. Um, but we do need a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. maybe they'll move here when you come to Nashville. Yes. That that's oh my gosh. The hope and dream. Yeah. 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 Totally. That was one huge point of contention between Sean yeah. and I. She did not want to find a babysitter. It's, and I was like, I didn't trust anybody. I was kinda really. relieved when the one yeah. didn't work out. I'm like, oh, okay, well. No, she was perfect. I know, but it is a, it's a weird feeling though, it and is. only Sean gets it in this room right it's now. It's a it's a mom it's a mom <laughs> thing though because it's yeah. it's it's just a mom thing. It's a societal thing. You feel like you're failing as a mom to say that you you need help. Yeah, and it's not even like you don't feel like you can take that luxury of going on a date night or yeah. like it's just yeah, it's a weird feeling and it's really hard to get over. Yeah. Well, I was trying to tell Steph. I was like, but if we have the help and you can get out for, you know, a few hours, a few times a week. You can show up feeling powerful and strong. Take care of yourself. 
first. It's hard but to what if the babysitter doesn't love them as much? I know. Or lets them cry a little yep. too long? You guys, are I don't have answers to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big step. It's like hiring your first employee almost, where yeah. it's like yeah. you're letting go of the. Yeah. Because, like, also, Sean gives a full, like, two page list yes. of you have to do XYZ with the anytime. Well, there's I just someone did that for our dogs when we left. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. I have and my little pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the babysitter's not going to execute it that exact way. cameras everywhere. I am watching you. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but it's good. Like, it's good. Because honestly, if. You know, if they care for the baby, yeah, then that's gonna look maybe different than what you're doing it as. But yeah, it's good. It's like my dad offered. He's like, I'll, I'll watch the baby. We're like, no, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no. He like, know how like he's like, I just don't get what like what to do with their head. It's like, it's like oh, a bobblehead. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta support the head. <laughs> like, not yet. Sorry, maybe, dad. Maybe in a, we'll in a couple it out. years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for the help. Well, truly, guys, this has been amazing and. Please move to Nashville sooner than three years. <laughs> um, we'll be your realtors. We'll find you a property. Everything. We'll, just, like we we'll just stay in this bedroom yeah. right here. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we'll help babysit. Plenty, Plenty pillows. <laughs> I get pillows for a whole family here. Oh, man. Honestly, thank, thank you for the time. And we yeah. were reflecting back. Stephanie, you're the reason that we initially connected. It's That's fun right. how much has changed mm -hmm. since we were there. I think you guys had, you guys weren't even married yet. No, then, we I don't engaged, think. Yeah. No. Yep. We didn't have any kids. <laughs> your, I mean, your company is now just taken off, which is yeah. awesome. And uh, it's finally, it's good to finally connect in person. So uh, look forward to more of this, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. We've so got fun. great babysitters. We've got great friends here. Love it. All of it. We need all the support. <laughs> yeah. I'll help you. For those listening that want to find out more about Nick and Stephanie, we'll link information down below, uh, as well as a link to their podcast, the Bear Performance Podcast. Um, and have fun checking out the website too. Get some of the supplements, A plus stuff. But uh, thanks for the time, guys. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you.